0: Episode 4, Crossed Swords
1: For the first time since he moved into Windsor, Kurt woke one morning to his actual alarm clock, and not for any other mad reason, and it felt fantastic. He yawned and shoved off the comforter and sat up in bed, blinking into the early light. Speckles of dust glimmered through the sunbeams that filtered through the windows. He sighed and rubbed his face, then got up and turned to his room properly. To heave a deep, exasperated sigh. Like yesterday, his room was, once again... Overrun by what must be dozens and dozens of coffee cups, resting on top of every surface, from mugs and teacups to thermos cups and styrofoam ones. Kurt glowered at the mess of it all, which took forever to get rid of yesterday, then turned to his closed door.
2: You guys can stop doing this every morning!
1: There was an eruption of barely restrained chortling and snickering from the other side of the door as the mass of Windsor boys immediately fled for their lives, running to their respective rooms, feet pounding on the wood floors and slamming of doors echoing down the hall. Kurt glared and turned back to the mess. He looked to his bedside table and saw that, like yesterday, one particularly dainty latte cup was sitting there with a post-it while all others remained unidentified. Look at it this way. We clearly must really like you. Torn between wanting to laugh and wanting to strangle the sender, Kurt just smiled and scooped up the coffee cup, determined to find a lock for his doors that the twins couldn't possibly crack.
2: I'm Kurt, and this is Dalton Academy. After a few days, I did end up getting a bit more used to the strange things inside Windsor. They all mean well, but they're also clearly insane. I've also started to get used to the daily grind at Dalton, but somehow I still have this feeling that I've only scratched the surface and that there was something more I should be aware of.
1: Today was Friday and everyone was looking forward to going home for the weekend except for the warblers. With sectionals scheduled on Tuesday, Mr. Harvey decreed that each and every warbler was to stay in campus for rehearsal over the weekend. As much as Kurt would have wanted to return to Lima, he knew he had to stay as he only had this little time to be ready for sectionals. And besides, Mercedes' text told him that there was trouble in paradise, as usual, back in McKinley. At best, he should stay out of the crossfire for now.
3: Uh, A whole weekend of practice? That should be fun. Wes groaned,
1: leaning against the wall, as he, David, and Blaine waited for Kurt to get out of art history.
4: What else are you going to do all weekend? Marathon Mythbusters for the 15th time? And it's not like you've got to look after Tabitha this weekend.
3: I miss Tabitha.
4: Why?
3: She's never boring, at least. Blaine
1: raised an eyebrow, looking up from his blackberry.
5: Wes, you'll be stuck all weekend with us, including the twins, inside Windsor. I would hardly think that a group of cabin fevered warblers would be boring all weekend.
3: You'll be boring. You'll just be looking to flirt and rehearse with Kurt all weekend. An Earth sciences book hit his face in the next instant.
4: May have a point there.
3: I hate you both. You might want to think about doing something. I can pretty much see a bright red laser dot on Kurt coming from Logan's sniper rifle. I mean, did you see the way Logan was looking at him yesterday? He looked like he wanted to grab him or something.
5: Don't remind me. I've already planned on doing something.
4: So you do have plans to flirt with Kurt? Seduce? Throw him onto your bed and perform loudly to the point that it'll have the entire dorm evacuated within 14 seconds?
1: Why are we evacuating the dorm? Kurt now came out of the classroom. Blaine, deep scarlet, jumped up and subtly proceeded to crush David's foot with his heel as he did so.
5: Nothing. Well... (laughs) I just thought that since you wouldn't want to be stuck in there with the twins while they have cabin fever, you can watch the fencing meet later after class. Damn it, Blaine! I think you just
3: hacked
1: off my big
3: toe! He needs his toes to for sectionals, Blaine.
1: Kurt looked in confusion at the two and then back to Blaine, who was giving them a would-you-be-quiet look and leading Kurt away.
2: What's wrong with his foot? And uh, what fencing meet? We're playing
5: host to a fencing meet with St. Patrick's Academy later today. It's the only thing that's happening in school other than warbler's practice. And there's nothing wrong with David's foot, he's overreacting.
4: Overreacting? The nails turning black and gross.
1: David demanded, aghast, having somehow taken off his shoe and sock as they stop in the hall. Kurt found it all highly entertaining, especially since it was David who was usually a little primmer in appearance and had to stifle a burp of laughter. David just made a face at him in plain and sat down on a nearby cushioned bench, putting his sock and shoe back on as he mumbled about repressed hormones or something like that. Kurt glanced away for a moment, trying to stop shaking with laughter, and thought he spotted a familiar face on the other end of the corridor. He was right, along with a small band of Stuarts. Logan was walking into another corridor and met his eyes just for a brief moment. The taller boy smiled briefly before he disappeared. Turning back to the other three, he tried to stop his pounding chest, swallowing hard. He didn't know if this was just his imagination all over again, but he felt as though he had been seeing an awful lot of Logan in the halls in the past few days. Or maybe he had simply always been around. He only noticed now that he'd actually met him. It was starting to get somewhat unnerving. The other three didn't notice a thing. Wes rolled his eyes and looked to Kurt.
3: Look, whatever. Go to the meeting for Blaine, Kurt. That's what he's asking you. You fence? <laughs> a little? You don't have to cheer. I just thought you might
5: want to go if you've nothing else to do before Warbler's practice.
1: Kurt grinned, in spite of the fact that he had about a million miles of homework to get to.
2: Of course I'll go. I want to see you break the stereotype to little pieces. And besides, I heard that school sports meets allow students to come in casual clothing.
1: He, of course, did not add that he wanted to see Blaine in one of those fencing suits.
5: Great. Looking forward to it.
1: Wes and David looked at each other with knowing expressions, smirking. It wasn't often that the twins separated from their usual compatriots, but when they did, it was usually for a good reason. Sitting in the cafeteria, they both looked at Reed, concerned.
0: Say that again? I don't know, it just... It didn't sound really nice. I'm probably overthinking, but you know as well as I do that Logan, he's not much of a team player, and he gets his way.
3: Reed
1: spoke uncomfortably, holding a hot cup of chai in his hands. Of
6: course we know. They didn't actually say anything about Kurt? Logan and Derek?
0: Just that Derek said he hadn't heard Logan sing with anyone. Suppose he meant just one person, in a long time and that Logan said he was too interested. I just thought the way they said it was worrisome.
1: Reed looked up and flailed somewhat. The twins looked at each other, then back to Reed.
0: Anything Anything else? (sighs) Not really. I'm just really worried. I mean, Blaine really likes Kurt, right? And Logan, he... I just thought that he might be trying to ruin that. But I'm not sure. Don't quote me. Whatever. We did see Logan watching Kurt and Blaine
6: during the Warblers meeting. But it might be that he just really does like our little Alice. Nothing personal about Blaine at all. (laughs) Right. Sure. But I wouldn't want to try and figure out what goes on in his head. Of course you don't. Who would? Must be like walking into an H.P. Lovecraft novel.
1: Guys! Reed flailed. The twins looked at him. Reed hesitated for one moment and then blurted out.
0: There's something else. Derek said that he saw how upset you guys looked when you saw them in the room together. And Logan said that was interesting.
1: The twins slowly leaned back.
6: Well, that's rather different.
1: A pair of odd twin smiles appeared. Reed looked up quickly.
0: Please don't tell Blaine, Wes, and David. I saw the looks on your faces when they came out of the room with you two and Kurt. We can't have problems now. I mean, we're almost to sectionals and we need everybody. And everybody includes Logan and Derek. I told you, I'm just telling you what I heard. I don't know anything. I just thought it was something to be cautious about. You know,
6: the problem with nice people is that you can't tell whether one of them has a temper or not. And I'm not sure where to classify Blaine in that.
0: They'll be fencing on the team together later, though.
1: The twins now smiled at Reed.
6: Perfect. Keep Keep Alice busy, little dormouse. Dormouse. Keep him away from our dear rabbit and that tart stealer until the meet.
3: We'll be doing a little field research in the meantime.
2: Alright, universe, you can take it back now. Challenging is great, but not this challenging.
1: Kurt returned, alone, to Windsor carrying a bulging satchel full of homework. There were too many things now to worry about, homework being a major one. If he didn't keep up with his academics, it would be doing a disservice to the fact that his parents did sacrifice their entire honeymoon just to send him here. He was just about to start on his arts assignment when the knock came. He got up, opened the door, and saw Reed standing there with a nice, hopeful smile. Hi,
2: Alice. I mean, Kurt. (laughs) You've been hanging out with the twins, I'm sure. Come
1: in. Reed came in, holding a box in his hands, looking around.
0: Your room's a normal one. Mine is the only odd one, I suppose. All that padding, and I can't have a roommate. (laughs) And Dwight's room, too. A whole lot of creepy things. I don't know how his roommate manages it.
1: Kurt smiled as he remembered the white softness of everything in Reed's room.
2: I kind of like your room. It's incredibly plush. And heaven forbid anyone spill anything into it. Getting stains out of that gorgeous sofa must be a pain. Speaking of spills, all the coffee is still here.
1: Reed <laughs> he chortled as he saw the cups everywhere, a few having been emptied. Kurt rolled his eyes.
2: It was one outburst. It's not going to happen again. And we're just making sure of that. <laughs>
1: he thrust a box to Kurt's hands.
2: Here. A welcome present from me. Oh, you didn't have to.
1: But Reed, after checking the sofa carefully for foreign things, plopped down on it and gestured for him to open it. Kurt undid the ribbon, and it revealed the maker's imprint on the box. His eyes widened to their full limit, and he tore the box lid off to lift out a soft Hermes stole, imprinted cashmere. He stared at a loss for words.
2: Oh. Do you like it? Are you insane? This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Kurt hugged the stole and then hugged Reed for good measure, owing to the financial situation back in Lima. He had never actually been gifted anything quite so luxurious. Reed burst out laughing and hugged back.
0: (laughs) Don't be ridiculous. I'm relieved you like it. You realize you're the first person other than Blaine to have that kind of reaction out of everyone I've given welcome gifts to? When Dwight came here, I gave him a Versace belt. He's currently using its notches as places to hang mini glow-in-the-dark skeletons over his bed.
1: Kurt burst out laughing in amazement and horror. Reed smiled.
0: So you're watching Blaine today, right? Have you figured out what to
1: wear yet? His smile broadened as he observed Kurt's instant slight reddening. Kurt... Busy trying on the stole, gestured to his closet door, where an outfit was hanging. Reed considered it with an expert's gaze.
0: Hmm, it's nice, but the pants are good, but the top, you could do much better. Especially since it's for Blaine?
1: Reed grinned. Before a deep scarlet curt could even protest, Reed was running to his closet and started looking through it. He tutted soundly, and Kurt protested.
2: It's
0: all I could bring from my stuff at home. An impressive collection, but it really won't do.
1: Reed struggled in mini-panic for a moment after getting snagged Mm -hmm. on a dry-cleaning bag, but popped out safely with tousled curls and plastic shreds in his hair before Kurt could help him. He was grinning.
0: Mom sends me things every week. Would you object to rooting through my closet?
1: Kurt's astonished expression was all he needed.
3: Where's Blaine! Wes
1: muttered sideways to David, who was working on a project proposal in the common room. Without looking up, David answered.
4: Already off to the gymnasium?
1: Why? Wes's expression was dark, watching laser-wearing boys with red shields approaching from the outside.
3: We're being invaded by stuarts. Whoa! David threw off his book and leapt up,
1: joining Wes in running to the foyer. From the upper banisters, Dwight looked down. I sense evil.
4: You sure do. Where are the twins and their paintball guns when you need them?
1: He arrived at the door and opened it just as three stuart boys were beginning to knock. David frowned. Hello, Derek. Hello, David. The tall boy, the athlete from the Warbler's Hall, smiled.
0: We were wondering where Hummel was.
3: Upstairs in his room. Why?
0: Logan wanted us to give him this.
3: He held out a plain brown envelope. What's in this that you need a color guard with you? Anthrax? to with the complete knockout of our entire in-house Warbler lineup? You already did get everyone when you put laxatives in our drinks before we could perform a very Potter musical and steamroll you last year. But with Kurt here?
0: No, actually, it's a chunk of C4 to get back at you people for replacing our Centennial Sculptures head with the head of the Pillsbury Doughboy. (laughs) No, I'm afraid it's a present. Why Logan would have any more interest in someone from Windsor, though.
3: You jealous, Derek? No, honest question. Worried about competition after having Logan all to yourselves since he chased away his last Windsor Conquest? Thanks for breaking his heart, by the way. He was so happy when second lead soloist moved away.
0: Wow, you really think
1: you're funny. Whoa. Dwight ran between the two boys when Derek took a step forward. Now, now, everybody keep calm and I won't have to spray you. Past is past, what's done is done. And nothing was ever proved. As far as we're concerned, we're all innocent. Let's not throw accusations all over again. Nothing's happened this school year, right? It's a giant clean slate. We're still all good?
3: Nothing happened. Yet. I'm sure
0: if anything does, it's from new pranksters. Seriously. A bonfire in the middle of the night for the newbie with all the dry leaves everywhere. His voice is fantastic, but I don't think it's worth setting fire to campus for. This is not an episode of Jackass.
1: Why can't you all just get along outside of Warbler's Hall the way you do inside?
3: Derek's not even a warbler, Dwight.
1: Whatever. Can we not do this? I'd like to pass midterms with a clean student record.
4: You may leave now. We'll give Logan's regards to Kurt.
0: Why, thank you,
1: David. David gave a cold, polite smile. Derek returned the smile and left. Wes slammed the door shut, and all three Windsor boys leaned back on the door, sliding down in relief. Could you guys maybe not start anything while Blaine and Charlie aren't here? Dwight
3: begged, clutching his chest. Like Charlie would have stopped us.
4: He might. He did say he'd had enough of this fight, or whatever it is we've got against Stuart. He doesn't want any of us suspended and tarnish our immaculate records while he's away.
3: David, it's been going on for 25 freaking years. We don't even know who started it. I bet not even our dads know. I don't think it's going to stop just because Charles Amos, our poor injured house prefect, says so.
4: It might if our acting house prefect says so.
3: Ha! Like old love-struck Blaine wouldn't get pissed off if he finds out Logan's going for cart. He saw him first.
1: Wait a minute. They're after Hummel now? What did he do to them?
4: Apparently, catch Logan's attention. For either being his type, or too good at singing, or both. I don't know. Whatever it is, I don't trust him.
1: David stood, holding the envelope. Wes brushed off his pants as he stood and gestured to the envelope.
3: Are you going to look in it? (sighs)
4: It's not mine to look into. As long as it doesn't feel like there are wires in it, I hear no ticking and it doesn't leak gas, I think it's safe to give it to him.
1: Wes followed David up the stairs and Dwight tailed, grumbling something about being cursed again. The fencers gathered around the coach. The crowd's murmur was echoing to the roof of the gymnasium.
5: All right, boys, you've taken these guys before, and they can barely keep up with your footwork. Bring it home for the third year in a row, all right? I want the final two to be Dalton fencers, you got that?
1: Yes, yes sir. sir. The boys nodded, and the coach ushered them on out into the open area. There was an explosion of cheering from the supporters of both Dalton and St. Patrick's in attendance, majority of which were Dalton boys, as it was their home turf. They were waving flags with a Dalton crest on them as their fencers entered the arena with its mass of mats and towering, scoring columns. (sighs) Just
0: in time!
1: Reed breathed as he and Kurt arrived into the gymnasium with the rest of the Windsor boys. David couldn't take his eyes off of Kurt's crazy outfit, and he was sure that it would drive Blaine to distraction. Kurt was wearing tight black pants with some highly expensive-looking boots with low heels. The sleek, silvery-grey, belted turtleneck that he was wearing was hugging him in distractingly well-placed locations. And his black coat had to have been something from Reed's Reserves. The shade of the turtleneck amplified his eye color. The twins smirked at each other at the outfit.
6: And in three, two, one,
1: curtain! Blaine was running towards them as they stood behind the barricade, smiling. He was wearing his white fencing suit that had the Windsor crest on one shoulder. And the Dalton crest on the other. Like clockwork, like a moth to a flame. David gave a sickly sweet smile to him when he got to the group.
4: Hello to you too, Blaine. Don't mind us or anything. We're just your best friends, willing to throw ourselves in harm's way for
3: you. Willing to listen to Teenage Dream on loop for you.
4: Willing to sacrifice sanity for you.
3: Willing to give you our share of medals post-performance brownies.
4: Hell no, I'm not giving him my share of those brownies.
3: Hello, Wes.
1: Hello, David. It seemed to satisfy them. He looked at Kurt, who was smiling a little.
5: Hey. Hi. Good luck. Reading for you. So you'll be really mad if I lose, right?
1: Blaine grinned. He stared at Kurt's outfit as though he just noticed it, and was already sure that Kurt must have broken the necks of the Dalton boys, Who must have never seen anyone arrive in that level of dress. The most they had given themselves to were waistcoats and tails. Wow, you look...
5: well, you're out of the uniform. (laughs) You got all dressed up for this.
0: It was my idea. He looks really good in that. I was thinking of giving it to him. Too big for me anyway.
1: Kurt turned to Reed with huge, what are you doing, eyes before looking back to Blaine.
2: Just go win it. I'll cheer for you guys. By cheering, I mean like just waving this little flag. Not cheering cheering. Like with cartwheels and basket tosses and- Blaine
1: decided to pry into that little tidbit a little bit more later on.
2: So,
6: does that mean you're cheering for me, too?
1: All the Windsor boys froze as Logan walked up to them. Kurt met the full force of Logan's pale green eyes and didn't waver. Hey,
2: Logan, I didn't know you were on the team, too. Did you get the present I
1: sent you? Logan ignored the stare that Blaine was giving him. At the inquiry, Wes and David pushed their way to the front, the twins pulling Kurt a little back to make a somewhat protective cocoon.
4: Yes, we gave it to him. But you should send the next one yourself, because your fellow stewards are a real
1: pain in the ass. Instead of getting angry, Logan just laughed.
6: (laughs) I apologize about Derek, then. You know how testy
1: he gets. Blaine tore his eyes away from Logan and looked at Kurt and found their eyes meeting. Without prompting of any kind, Kurt's hand closed over his from on top of the barricade. He was just looking at him. Blaine was rather surprised, but he smiled. Kurt just smiled back, and it was a conversation in itself. Good luck. I mean it. Thank you. Logan, who did not miss the action, smiled at Kurt, who now looked at him and also nodded.
2: Yes, I got your present, that original vinyl record of Broadway music. Thank you. You really didn't have to. Just thought it suited you. Good luck. Hope you guys win.
1: Kurt gave him a quick, somewhat awkward wave. Logan nodded and gave Blaine another glance, which was returned steadily, before he left to join the others onto the benches. Looking utterly triumphant, West now swept between the two, and lifted Kurt's hand from Blaine's.
3: Now get lost. Go fence and win, please.
1: Blaine made a face at him, but nodded to his friends, who waved their flags in reply as he ran back to the rest of the team. The meet went down to two, both Dalton boys, as the coach wanted. But every Dalton student was hanging on the edge of their seats, blue Windsor flags and red Stuart flags flailing, as Blaine and Logan walked to the Dalton bench and began to put on their gear.
6: I've never ever seen him fence like this
2: before. Are you our new good luck charm, Alice? Please, that's all him. He's just that good.
1: Kurt couldn't help but feel a swell of pride. Wes hooted, thumping his flaglet against the barricade.
3: Get him, Blaine!
4: Man, Logan has yet to lose, though. If he beats Blaine, he'll be in an all-kill for the second year in a row.
3: Then I hope to old Herman Dalton. That Blaine kicks his ass.
2: Wes, come on. He's from Dalton, and he's also a warbler. Why are you all so on his case?
0: I'll tell you later.
2: For now, cheer for who
1: you want to win! Kurt turned to the floor, where the two were now headed towards the central mat, the Dalton boys cheering and their flags fluttering like flocks of red and blue birds.
5: Want to tell me what that was all about with Kurt, Stuart Prefect?
0: I'm not sure now's a good time to discuss this acting Windsor Prefect. Tell you what, you beat me, and I'll tell you.
5: Are we going to do this again, Logan?
1: Blaine stopped at his on guard line. Logan went to the other end.
6: Only if you want to, Blaine. You did lose last year. Blaine
1: gripped his saber tight.
5: Don't let him get to your head. Don't let him get to your head. That's what he did last year.
1: The crowd cheered and started to fall silent as the umpires now signaled preparation. There was a salute with respect, measured to the most exact levels. On guard. The marks were on, Sabres were raised, the two combatants tense. print The Dalton boys held bated breath as Windsor and Stewart came down to a final five-point match. Allez. As soon as the signal went off, the metal clangs of the sabres filled the air. Between the two of them, Logan was the stronger one, but Blaine was faster. Though he could outstep Logan, the taller boy began bearing down on him. Reed was biting his nails so much that they were starting to bleed. Kurt pulled them away from his mouth without taking his eyes off of the match.
4: Come on, Blaine.
1: David hissed, watching their every move. There was a whip through the air and a sudden jab, and the bell went off. Point. A green block appeared on Logan's score column. The Stuarts exploded into cheers, red flags waving. The Windsors looked frantic, yelling for Blaine to get him back for it. Wes cursed soundly under his breath. Damn it! Come on, Blaine! Get him! The battle resumed, and Blaine, seemingly fueled by the taken point, now started to become a little less cautious in his movements and started his attack. The Windsor boys cheered on their support, Kurt clutching onto the rails so hard he was sure that his nails were going to chip. Logan dodged the quick assaults and made to take his second point until Blaine made a sudden forward maneuver with his weapon, swatting the other saber away just enough to jab forward and land a clean hit directly to the chest. Point! Blaine's green block lit, and Windsor erupted into cheers amid Stuart howls.
4: Oh, man!
1: David slammed his fist onto the barricade in excitement. The twins were jumping up and down like mad. Blows were exchanged again, with Logan forcing Blaine back to his on-guard line. By far, the bout was the most aggressive one that either Blaine or Logan had participated in, and their exertion was obvious. There were a few calls of halt as they kept maximizing their eight saber touches.
0: Clock's ticking.
1: Reed bit yeah. his nails again. At one point, Logan made a misstep and Blaine saw it. He dived forward and struck the taller boy in the shoulder. When his score block lit, Windsor went crazy.
2: I think I'm going to have a heart attack. I haven't felt this scared since being a kicker.
1: The twins gave him an odd look, shrugged, then resumed cheering Blaine on. Logan looked incredibly tense, and it had to be with rage. That was all his body language was saying. He had won his previous bouts cleanly, receiving only one hit at a time. Blaine had scored two. It was his turn to return the favor. The clock continued to tick. Before the boys even knew what was happening, there was the smack of the sabers. Blaine's nearly went flying out of his hand, and Logan struck him full on the right side of the chest. The green lock lit, and Stuart erupted into cheers. Panting, both combatants were standing apart again. Last one, Blaine. Logan whispered not caring if Blaine could hear it or not.
5: It's on, Logan.
1: Blaine muttered as he flexed his wrist. Cheering reached a fever pitch, and Kurt, leaning out, saw that if they didn't end it soon, it would go into a draw. And those two looked as though they would rather receive injury.
6: Last one, Blaine! Last one!
1: Stuart's cheer block was chanting in unison, overpowering the scattered Windsor cheers. Kurt felt a bit disoriented, but turned back to the pair. The sabers went up again carefully, perfectly still. Allez! One blow. Two. Three. Four. Logan was forcing Blaine back again, moving faster now. Blaine was pushing back, forcing them to the center again. Reed ducked under the barricade, not prepared to see this. In spite of all the bounds of propriety, the Dalton gymnasium was going to blow with all the cheering. The clock continued to tick as the two stopped for an instant and then resumed with great speed. Five. Six. Come on, Blaine! Kurt yelled from the stands, his voice drowned down by the crowd. But he didn't care. He couldn't watch him lose. Blaine's focus made a single flicker and Logan dived for the kill. The hall screamed. Blaine saw the saber coming at him and in a sheer moment of pure divine intervention made the one half inch back that made the miss. He moved without thinking the next instant. The bell sounded. Windsor exploded, pouring out of the barricades in a single mass, followed by Hanover boys and day students in a single body The victorious Windsors launched themselves onto Blaine, knocking him clear onto the floor, pinned mainly by Wes and David. Kurt stood to the side, not willing to take part of the hysteria, with Reed next to him. Reed was elated, pumping a fist into the air in delight. was smiling broadly, clapping hard as he watched his friend struggle to help Blaine up from the ground. Next, Kurt! Logan materialized, laughing softly and shaking his head. His hair was damp with sweat. He held out a hand (laughs) to Kurt. Congratulations on the win. Puzzled, Kurt nodded and gave him his hand, which Logan squeezed for a moment and held onto for a full second longer than protocol allowed, before he walked to the rather disappointed Stuart's. Kurt turned back to the others and saw Blaine standing free of the crowd going crazy in the middle of the fencing area. He had just been given his medal. Blaine laughed and walked to him and gave him a tight hug. Congratulations! That was quite a match. Kurt grinned, patting his shoulder before releasing him.
2: You nearly distracted me back there. I heard you
5: scream and it was so shrill I thought you were trying to hit a high F.
1: Kurt punched him on the shoulder, mouth open in shock. Unable to believe he had just said that, but he was too happy to really care.
2: Whatever, you won. You were lucky I saw that. Logan totally had you. Yeah, I can't even remember how I did that.
6: Party! Party Party of Windsor! Windsor party tonight!
1: The twins were yelling from the top of the judges' table. The Windsors pulled Kurt and Blaine apart and started pulling them along. Party? Don't we have practice? Sectionals? These went unheeded as the triumphant boys, all but carrying Blaine, made their way across campus back to their house.